This message comes from NPR sponsor Patreon, allowing creators to build real, sustainable income through the direct support of their fans. If you're a creator, sign up on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and start building the steady income stream you deserve. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Robin Hilton from NPR's All Songs Considered, and we're doing a quick run through some of the best new albums out on June 1st, starting with Nico Case and her new solo album, Hell On. Early in the morning, where they used to be asleep, a tiny business late, don't let the cattails fool you. Down in the bottom, when nothing is born, sleeps a silver dollar. Good. This is Nico Case. Her record's called Hell On. The song is Last Lion of Albion. Uh, and back this week to talk about this and a whole bunch of other great albums is NPR Music's Stephen Thompson. Hello, Robin. And Ann Powers in Nashville. Ann. Hi, boys. Where does this, this record, Hell On, fit into a catalog as deep and loved as hers is? Actually, this week we're talking about quite a few albums that are expressing great vulnerability in the face of sometimes catastrophe, sometimes yes. just like big challenges. And I'm so glad we're leading with Hell On from Nico Case because this, I think, is one of Nico Case's best albums. She said in interviews that she's had a bit of a moment of enlightenment around the challenges she faces as a woman. Nico's always resisted the category of feminist before, but the album's partly about that, partly about challenges in her personal life her home burned down in a terrible fire. She's also faced issues from stalkers. You know, she's really faced a lot. And all of those elements combine in this complex work. And I feel she's attained an even richer level of complexity in her lyrics. Well, it's so refreshing to hear her voice. Her voice just conveys so many emotions before you're even able to start trying to parse what she's saying. Her voice is just kind of all mystery and longing. And she produced this record mostly herself. She, she co-produced a few songs with uh, Bjorn from Peter Bjorn and John, but really like she is the, she is the producer overseeing this record. The record is Hell On from Nico Case, and Anne, you talked about how one of the recurring themes in some of the albums that we're going to talk about is how vulnerable the artists allow themselves to be in their music, and that's certainly true of the next record I want to play. From Father John Misty, the record's called God's Favorite Customer. Sun is rising Black is turning Tears 
So Father John Misty on this song, Hang Out at the Gallows, uh, he says, I'm treading water as I bleed to death. What's your politics? What's your religion? What's your intake? Your reason for living? And there is a lot of soul searching on this record, and I think it's extraordinary. And I don't mind if we spend a little more time on this one, because I, I, I think Josh Tillman, who writes and records his Father John Misty, is kind of a complicated guy. His last record, which only came out a year ago, Pure Comedy, was uh, just the sprawling... I thought it was sort of a... Ma- I kind of thought it was a masterpiece, honestly, that was filled with all these deep thoughts and myriad observations about it, the state of the world. It was an outward-looking record. And uh, this is very much an inward-looking record, uh, where he's taking a really hard look at where he's been in the last few years of his life, and I think there's a lot of humility in these songs. I feel like on this record... By turning off the absurdity a little bit, mm-hmm. he goes to a place that is hard to absorb, but really worth absorbing. You know, this is kind of like his ultimate knife in the heart record, where he's just showing his vulnerability so deeply, as you were saying, and, and almost to a point where it's kind of hard to take. And I referred to him as a complicated guy and sort of him reflecting on the past few years because he had some pretty epic and and well-publicized meltdowns on stage, particularly at the Exponential Festival back in 2016, where he just basically yelled at the audience, played a couple songs, and then stomped off. And I know, Stephen, you you were pretty put off by all of that, like a lot of fans were. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't just put off by the behavior toward the fans, though that is certainly a big thing for me. The word I keep coming back to with how I've always felt about this guy's records is exhausting. I find him completely exhausting. And listening to this record, because I was coming on this show, I was like, all right, Hilton, fine. And I sat there with my arms folded. And I like this one better than I've ever liked him before. I think there is a little bit less of this of what feels very put on. uh, Somebody said the word satirical. And I the satirical side of his music I've just have always found incredibly precious I you know and I get a lot of that but I I think he's just a subversive artist and I think that he's the kind of guy who is more in the zone when he's tearing things up and pushing himself into these wild places and I think it maybe broke him a little bit in these last few years, or at at the very least, I can say he was in a difficult spot in his life. And I think these songs find him coming out of that with more humility, 
Uh, there's a song on this record called Mr. Tillman in which he imagines this conversation with a hotel clerk. He's checking out and the clerk wants to go over all the things he did wrong while he was staying at the hotel. Right. He admonishes himself for drinking too much. He, he nearly calls himself a phony at one point when he says that he knows just enough 10 cent words mm-hmm. to basically mm-hmm. fake it. And his songwriting, I think, is just sublime. And I think he sums up his worldview and where he's he's coming at everything perfectly in the final track that's called We're Only People, and there's not much anyone can do about that. <laughs> that is a very Robin Hilton... Uh... Yeah, you know what? We'll all be dead soon enough. <laughs> and there's a line in the, in the song We're Only People, and there's not much anyone can do about that. There's a line, he says, Friends, all my friends... I hope you're somewhere smiling. Just know that I think about you more kindly than you and I have ever been, and I'll see you the next time round the bend. There's one more important thing to say about Father John Misty. There's been a strong feminist critique of his work. You know, he satirically occupied this uh, role of the excessive rock star, and uh, many feminists have questioned whether that really is useful in 2018 (laughs) at all. And I think that's totally a valid criticism of his previous work. But I think this record is sort of, it answers the question, what happens to a man when he indulges in his own toxic masculinity. And that's what I feel like he's facing on this record. But I value that. You know, I value his willingness to admit that the role he chose, he can't really manage it. Uh, Well, the record is called God's Favorite Customer, uh, another, I think, brilliant record from Father John Misty, and I am certain it will be on my top ten at the end of the year. Let's go to an artist that Stephen Thompson, you turned me on to. The artist is called Tancred, and the record is Nightstand. What a great listen this is. And she was not on my radar at all. Yeah, Tancred is a project by Jess Abbott, who used to be in the band Now Now. And where Now Now's latest record is very synth poppy, Jess Abbott took with her that spikier, more guitar-based, very personal and very relatable songwriting. And these songs are very much just about like figuring out who you are and kind of working your way through relationships and loss. I think she's a very strong and interesting songwriter, and these songs are terrific. I, I think what does it for me on this record is melody. I've been, I feel like I've been talking so much about 
melody lately. I'm starting to feel like we're in the golden age of melody. Like, you know, there was, <laughs> now, there was a period, particularly in the 90s, where melodies were really flattened out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the range of the melodies was really narrowed. And so much of what I feel like I'm hearing these days is just fantastically melodic melodies that stretch across the full range of the keys. And uh, just love it. The record is Nightstand from the artist Tancred. And we still have a few more albums to get through for this week's New Music Friday. But first, let's take a short break and we'll be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Indeed. When it comes to hiring, you don't have time to waste. You need help getting your short list of candidates fast. With Indeed, post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates. And when you need to hire fast, accelerate your results with sponsored jobs. New users can try for free when you sign up at Indeed.com slash NPR podcast. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. I'm Robin Hilton from NPR's All Songs Considered. It's New Music Friday. We're looking at some of the best releases out on June 1st. I'm here with Stephen Thompson and Ann Powers. And we're going to kick off the second half of the show with the artist Natalie Prass and her album, The Future and the Past. I know you're a big fan of Natalie Prash. She's a singer-songwriter from Richmond, Virginia. We've been covering for a few years. What is she doing on this record? Well, she's doing something that I didn't expect, and I think, Robin, you, you didn't expect it either. No, I right? was not at all <laughs> expecting this sound. Um, Natalie Prash's 2015 debut was named the, the best album of the year by many different critics, many different sources, and it had a pretty different sound than this, you know. People actually called it Americana. For this record, she's gone in a completely different direction, but for reasons that might surprise all of us listening to it right now. She had been very troubled by the 2016 presidential election and the turn of events in this, in this nation, and she wanted to write a record about 
I wouldn't call it a protest record, but I'd call it a not kind of an oracular, prophetic, worried record. And uh, she came across this particular palette, this very funky R&B-ish danceable sound. Working with her old friend, uh, a singer-songwriter, Matthew E. White, they created this record, which is a fascinating combination of these lyrics about things like environmental, imper- the imperiled environment, you know, and also a call to arms, though. You know, there's a song called Sisters, where she invokes the nasty women and calls on them to stand up. But with this particular kind of sound, I mean, I think it's brilliant, because um, what better way to uh, get people to really protest and, and get out there on the streets than to get them dancing in the streets. Uh, I, I give her total credit for that. Yeah, this is a, a funkier and weirder record than I really than I had expected from her. I really, really dig it. And as much as it works in all this messaging, this is really, above all, a very, very fun record. Natalie Prass in the record is The Future and the Past. Let's go now to uh, an artist that I discovered a couple years ago and was completely knocked out by. It's Album Lee Meldow, and his record is called About You. Lee Meldau, his record's about you. He's a, a singer-songwriter from Sweden. This is his debut full-length record, and we talk about artists allowing themselves to be vulnerable. He does that on this record for sure. He's sung a lot in the past about addiction and mental illness, and he digs into some of those themes on this record again, uh, and certainly a lot of a heartache. I found that he was very conflicted in a lot of this music. Like one moment he'll sing about how in this song the weight is gone this weight is lifted when this nameless person is finally gone like oh thank god they're gone (laughs) Uh, but then he'll turn right around and beg to have them back and i don't know i just i just find his voice to be a complete knockout this record is so solid yeah, I really agree. He has that that beautiful voice. We keep talking about the voice. It's just like clear as a bell, but there's still this kind of strangeness and darkness to it. I'm really I'm really keen on this record. I'm still kind of discovering it, still kind of digging yeah. into it. Uh, but what a beautiful voice! And this record about you from Album Lee Meldow also ends in the same way I think the Father John Misty record ends, which is this message that we're all horribly flawed and horribly <laughs> broken, and we're all in this together. The singer again, Albin Lee Meldow, his record's about you. And we have one more album that we want to talk about before we go. And no, it's not the Kanye record, which none of us were able to hear before taping this episode. Uh, Our last record is the self-titled debut album from the band known as Lump. (laughs) 
that than trip and fall Money didn't buy you nothing at all Except a ball for your chain Oh my, save your soul Cut your hair by the rim of a bowl Don't buy nothing, you're being sold I told you once and again Hey there, Sister Lou How you doing, what you do Your father was a gambler too Well, the boards are good for playing Rightful suburban sport, but there we are, it takes all sorts You can't complain what you've been bought, and it taught you some restraint And Stephen, this song is called May I Be the Light from the, the Lump record. Laura Marling and Mike Lindsay, this was a collaboration I was not expecting. No. You know, Laura Marling's been putting out this string of just incredibly intelligent and fascinating records. She just had one last year called Semper Femina. And I love hearing her indulge this more arty side that still sounds like her and still it's still her songwriting voice but she's she's trying something completely different i read you know that she was inspired by like surrealism and by like absurdist poetry when she was writing these songs and then this sonic palette that mike Lindsay created underneath her you know she basically handled all the words and he basically handled all the music and it's this very kind of three-dimensional sound that sucks you in i like laura marling a lot and i was a huge fan of the of the last record but i I have to admit this sort of singer with an acoustic guitar can only go so far for me and i was i'm just thrilled in this wild direction she's taking with her voice and with her music and she is still very young and has accomplished so much already in her career it's very exciting to think about what else she might have up her her sleeve in the coming years and that record from lump is called lump and uh one of the many great releases out for june 1st Stephen Thompson, thank you as always. Thank you. And Ann Powers in Nashville, thanks. To see a list of the albums we talked about, check out the podcast description for this episode. You can also go to npr.org slash allsongs. You can hear full versions of the songs we featured from these records and a whole lot of other great releases in the New Music Friday playlist from NPR Music. Go to npr.org slash Spotify or open the Spotify app and search for NPR Music. And for NPR Music, I'm Robin Hilton. Be well, have a great weekend, and listen to lots of great music.